0: Good day, and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast, coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. Broadcast from the studios of 3CR, your only radio left. My name is Susanna Duffy. In this episode of Left After Breakfast, the National Anti Corruption Commission has started. And I'm going to look at a few earlier cases of corruption. Some more gibberish from Barnaby Joyce, which would be funny if he weren't a Member of Parliament, representing the people of New England. Clive Palmer is back scaring us again. I have a message from the Indigenous climate activists on the Rainbow Warrior. And I want to quickly dispel some misinformation about the referendum on The Voice. So stay tuned. Wondering how to pay your donation to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 039419 8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash or card or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon 2023, stay tuned, stay radical. There's been a lot of misinformation around about the voice. And a lot of this misinformation is about the processes of the referendum and the the way that the Australian Electorate Commission works. I want to have a quick look at some of them. The most common one that I've seen, that the referendum will be voluntary, just like the 2017 Marriage Law Postal Survey No, no, referendums are compulsory. The Australian Electorate Commission didn't run that 2017 Marriage Law Postal Survey. It was run by the Bureau of Statistics. I've also heard that you need to enrol separately to vote in a referendum. No, you don't need to enrol separately. Your current enrolment details on the electoral roll are used for all federal elections by elections and referenda if your enrolment details are correct you don't need to do anything another bit of misinformation doing the rounds is that the australian electorate commission is campaigning for a yes vote or campaigning for a no vote The Australian Electorate Commission communicates about enrolment and referendum processes. It doesn't encourage you to vote in any particular way, only that you do participate. And this one's quite humorous, really. Promoting enrolment for Indigenous Australians is campaigning for a yes vote by stealth, by stealth. The Australian Electorate Commission has focused on promoting Indigenous enrolment since at least 2010. Not very stealthy. Last week, I spoke about the Future Fund, our Future Fund, and how Peter Costello, the chairperson of the Board of Guardians, has invested so much of it into gambling enterprises. At the time when research has shown that gambling and problem gambling is a serious health issue for many Australians when we're discussing how to ban online gambling ads. Barnaby Joyce in his own well-known style, gosh he reminds me of Elmer Fudd for some reason. Barnaby says that gambling is a legitimate industry. And he told The Guardian Australia that without gambling ads, there would be no commercial television left, or for that matter, The Guardian Australia. The Guardian, however, pointed out that they have already stopped using gambling ads. Barnaby said, next thing they'll come for will be fast food, and then our sugary drinks, and anyway you journalists wouldn't have a job without Coca-Cola ads. Where did we get Barnaby Joyce from anyway? Was he dropped from the sky? Another National Party MP, Keith Pitt, is also against banning online gambling ads. Now here is something that I didn't know about, and possibly you didn't either. It's Investor State Dispute Settlement, ISDS. It's a mechanism that allows foreign investors to sue governments for compensation if their investments are affected by changes in domestic law or policy. This ISDS gives extra legal rights to powerful international investors, and they have used it to challenge laws on public interests like health, environment, minimum wages, and carbon emissions even if governments win isds cases it costs them millions of dollars to defend isds also allows for huge compensation awards based on questionable calculations of future profits so depleting government funds for essential services but why does this matter (laughs) well it matters a lot it restricts essential regulations on health environment wages and more for example it was this mechanism that allowed tobacco giants to sue the Australian government in an attempt to block the highly successful plain packaging laws and now we have Clive Palmer Clive Palmer is claiming to be a Singaporean investor and he wants to sue the Australian government for 296 billion dollars but perhaps he intends to pay his workers with that money if he gets it he owes enough money to his staff in unpaid wages oh crikey i must be dreaming to think he would do something like that and here's some uplifting news i received a message from Gudamaluligal in the Torres Strait from Uncle Pabai and Uncle Paul and they're taking the Australian government to court for failing to prevent climate change. I'll just read their message to you. Our people have lived in the Torres Strait for thousands of years. Our land is central to our culture and the knowledge of how to live in harmony with it has been handed down from generation to generation. But if the government doesn't change course, this place that we call home is going to be underwater. We will lose everything, our language, our culture, our identity, everything, making us Australia's first climate change refugees. Like us, communities around the world are standing up and seeking climate justice through the courts. Our battle is not just about the Torres Strait Islands, It resonates with communities around the world. Right now, we're on the rainbow warrior, making our way from Cairns to Vanuatu, in solidarity with the Pacifica community who are leading a global legal campaign, bringing climate change to the world's highest court, the International Court of Justice. If their legal case is successful, It will help to protect the human rights of people across the world who are most affected by climate change and strengthen the consequences for the big polluters who are recklessly harming our planet. We believe that unity is our greatest strength by joining forces with our brothers and sisters from Vanuatu and others on the front lines of the climate crisis. We can amplify our voices and increase the pressure on the Australian government. Together, we are an unbreakable force, demanding action and accountability. In Kalo yā, the language spoken on our islands of Boigu and Saibai, Mura Kalmal Sipa means together we stand. For us, that is the message of this voyage. Together, our communities will speak truth to power in the face of climate devastation. Together, we will fight for communities and our futures in Australian and international courts. A victory in our case in the Australian Federal Court could trigger transformative climate action across Australia, benefiting all Australians and setting an example for the entire world. Our fight for climate justice stems from our deep connections to our culture land and people in the spirit of Eddie Mabo's land rights struggle we carry on the legacy of our ancestors we are cultural people our islands were our mother's and father's lands we will never be removed from them we were born there and we will die there we are proud to lead the charge for climate justice not only for ourselves, but for all First Nations peoples and communities worldwide. We urge you to join us. Together we can protect our homes, cultures and future generations. Let's ensure that climate action becomes the matter of law, not just politics. Mura Kalamal Sipa. Together we stand. And listener, to get involved with the Australian climate case, or to share how you're being affected by climate change, you can go to the website, which is takeaction. Australian Climate Case. I'll repeat that. Take Climate au. Three cr My word, the National Anti-Corruption Commission opened on the 1st of July and it already has 44 referrals. Not so very long ago, the idea of a National Anti-Corruption Committee was dismissed as a fringe issue by then Prime Minister Scott. No one suggests that now. Already on the table, you won't be surprised to learn that Price Coopers, PwC, consulting firm, regarding the tax leak scandal, which has now claimed eight partners. Also on the table, former Liberal MP Stuart Robert, especially after the lobbying firm Synergy 360, allegedly planned to funnel money to Stuart Robert in return for favours. Why else would one funnel money? It's all about favours. Favours are the foundation of the game. We've seen a bit of corruption in Australian politics, although it seems we don't rank very high in corrupt governments worldwide. That's nice to know, but we still don't forget people like Eddie Obeid. Eddie Obeid is a former Australian politician who was embroiled in a corruption investigation by the New South Wales Independent Commission Against Corruption. In 2013, that commission found that Eddie Obeid lobbied his friend Steve Dunn to secure favourable leasing conditions for cafes at Circular Quay. But that's not all. There are the mining tenements... In the Bylong Valley of New South Wales. The Commission had uncovered an elaborate arrangement to deliver a coal mining license to the O'Beard family in Bylong Valley in the state's upper Hunter. The New South Wales Resources Minister, Ian MacDonald, had issued a coal exploration license and then shaped the tender process to ensure the license ended up in the hands of the Obeid family. If the plan had gone unnoticed, then the Obeids would have made $60 million. By the time the conspiracy was uncovered, $30 million had been paid out to the family. It has not been recovered. Eddie O'Beard, his son Moses O'Beard, and former minister Ian MacDonald were all jailed. The New South Wales ICAC list of successful investigations that led to prosecutions is long and it spans local government and misfeasance within the public service. Misfeasance, love that word, misfeasance, or nonfeasance and malfeasance are types of failure to discharge public obligations, obligations which exist by common law Custom or statute. Well, now you know what misfeasance is, listener. I just call it corruption myself. When property development is a fast track to riches and state and local governments have power over development approvals, allegations of public sector corruption are usually linked to land deals. In 2016, New South Wales ICAC released its report into Operation Spicer, an investigation into alleged illegal developer donations to the New South Wales Liberal Party on the Central Coast. Oh, my word, some fun things came out of that. Riveting public inquiry, indeed. For example, there was Liberal MP Andrew Cornwall, who was handed... $10,000 $10,000 in a brown paper bag. The old brown paper bag. The brown paper bag and its contents were an offering from Newcastle mayor and developer Jeff McCloy. And this is while Andrew Cornwall was sitting in the mayor's Bentley. There was more strange stuff about paintings being given as gifts to developers and then the developers buying them from the giver the New South Wales Liberal MP. Cornwall stepped down from Parliament. I don't know what happened to the brown paper bag. A few more notable inquiries and commissions and corruptions. Then we've got the Wood Royal Commission into the New South Wales Police Service. Remember that one? That was between 1995 and 1997. That commission uncovered large-scale corruption within the New South Wales Police Service and ultimately led to the conviction of dozens of police officers. The Wood Royal Commission concluded that systemic and entrenched corruption was prevalent in the New South Wales Police Force. That led to cultural changes in the police organisation and to stronger oversight on the dealing of police officers. But what about Barry O'Farrell? In 2014, Barry was the Premier of New South Wales when he accepted a gift of a $3,000 bottle of Pentfold's Grange from Nick Giolamo, a chief executive of Australian Water Holdings. He failed to disclose that gift, which is required by law in the state of New South Wales to prevent corruption. When he was questioned, he said he couldn't remember receiving it. I reckon I'd remember receiving a $3,000 bottle of wine, if only for the fact that I'd be a bit leery, hesitant about drinking such an expensive vintage. I don't know if I could appreciate it, if I could tell the difference between a bottle of Penfolds Grange and a bottle of my normal Merlot for six bucks. But people can forget things, I accept that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. After all, who amongst us can remember every bottle of plonk we've ever knocked off? He resigned as Premier of New South Wales. And then there's Gladys, dear Gladys. In 2021, Gladys Berejiklian resigned as the Premier of New South Wales after ICAC opened an investigation into potential corruption by her, during her relationship with disgraced former politician Gerald Maguire. Just last month, June twenty twenty three, ICAC found that Barry had engaged in serious corrupt conduct. There's been a lot of corruption going on in New South Wales, and I don't want to be, you know, too partisan here. But apart from Jeff Kennett and Bolte the Hangman, Victoria comes up looking pretty good. I won't even mention Queensland. 3CR We all know the story of the Gurindji walk-off at Wave Hill Station back in the 1960s, as well as protesting against their poor working conditions and pay. The Gurindji Strikers wanted a return of their traditional lands. I remember at the time it was fun to go to the supermarket and fill up my trolley with products from Lord Vesti. And when I reached the cash register would say, oh no, these are Vesti products. I support the Gurindji walk-off. It's a bit silly and a bit childish. Oh, well, I was a bit silly and a bit childish back in 1966. When Gough Whitlam went to Dagaragu in 1975 and through Vincent's fingers bought a handful of sand, it paved the way for Aboriginal land rights in Australia. And we all know the song, From Little Things, Big Things Grow. And here's a wonderful version from the rapper Ziggy Ramo, with some different lyrics that pay homage to the original words. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the ride. See you next week. Same time, same place. Until then, it's Cheerio and Chow from Left After Breakfast. And here's Ziggy Ramo.
1: Around people and I'll tell you a story 200 years of history that's falsified British invaders that we remember as heroes Are you ready to tell the other side? We start our story in 1493 With a piece of paper called the Doctrine of Discovery Invoked by Pope Alexander VI Without this good Christian, our story don't exist.
0: From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow.
1: Captain James Cook, he boarded a fleet. And he was armed with the doctrine of discovery. The same tactics were used by Columbus It's how today Australia claims terra Cause on that paper the Pope did write That you're only human if you've been saved by Christ And if there are no Christians in sight The land you stumble on becomes your God-given right From little things big things grow
0: Little things, big
1: things grow. Is that your lord? Cause that's invasion. That's the destruction of 500 nations. The genocide of entire populations. Which planted the seeds for the stolen generation and grew into my people's mass incarceration Now we pass trauma through many generations The Lord can't discover what already existed For 200 years my people have resisted From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow War's continued since Captain James Cook And this side of history you don't write in your books You don't want the truth And you don't want to listen But how can you stomach Australia's contradiction Cause we went to war in 1945 We were allies against a terrible genocide And I know it's uncomfortable But the irony I see is that you All for them But you don't fight for me From little things Big things grow From little things Big things grow We should move on Move on to what? I still remember Have you forgotten? that Vincent Langari knew others were rising the inspired us to keep on fighting so call it Australia go and call it what you like I just call it how I see it and I see genocide now that you hear me can you understand there will never be justice on our stolen land from little things big things grow from
0: little things, big things grow.
1: This is the story of so-called Australia, but this is the story of so much more how power and privilege cannot move my people we know where we stand we stand in our law from little things big things grow 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 from little things big things from from little things big things grow from little things, big things, grow. From little things... Indigenous Australians have died in custody The casualties of a war that never ended But we are not yet defeated Always was, always will be Sovereignty was never ceded